We're on page Kuf Samach Gimel. Just Kuf Samach Beis, Kuf Samach Gimel, the end of Kuf Samach Beis, the top of Kuf Samach Gimel. As I said last week, that this, uh, two weeks ago, that this Indian is not, we don't, we don't conjure up pleasant memories when we talk about Yerusha'inish. Because nobody likes to get punished and nobody likes to be, to be afraid. And nobody likes to be afraid of punishment. And yet Yerusha'inish is the most important and most basic, uh, most basic Shmira to keep us in line that we should be God fearing Jews. We have to learn a Mahalach understanding how we're talking about the different Madragas of Yira. Yira's highness is the most basic Madraga. What the Tzaddik is explaining over here is that without Yira's highness, you can't really be certain of any other any of the other Madragas. You must you must connect first to your sinus. But we need to re we need to reevaluate what your sinus is and how to get to that because our associations with it are very negative. To be afraid of a patch, to be afraid of Gehenna. We're not we don't do well with that. So we need to understand that it's a very real and very important uh, a very real and very important meter that a person has to that a person has to have near it. The difficulty what he was explaining it's been a couple of weeks, so this is for many Khazan. The difficulty in, in, uh, when it comes to this Midah of Yerusha'inish, what the Ramchal talks about, the difficulty uh, comes as a result of the Mitzvah of who we are, that we're a combination, a very interesting Shidduch of the Nisham and Aguf. And that, 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 um, that Mitzvah of who we are, the Nisham and the Guf, means that the goof is only sensitive to actual punishments of this world or things of this world that cause the goof to be afraid. Something's too hot, something's too cold. It's a bad neighborhood. It's a sharp, it's a sharp weapon. These are things that the goof relates to. The problem is that Gehenim and the, descri- the descriptions of Gehenim that are found in this forum, thank you, of punishment beyond this world, or even punishments that we don't see in the world happening to us, thank God, at the moment. These are things that are shaykh to something which is not anything that we experience right here. So Ghanim is, is something that the Nisham is afraid of. The Nisham is terrified of Ghanim. The Nishama knows what that is, and the Nishama doesn't just hear about it in a book or read about it, the Nishama is, is from a different world and knows what that is. The Guf doesn't understand the language of Gehenna and doesn't understand the language of Gehenna. The Guf speaks the language of here and now. And in the world of here and now, the Guf is not afraid of Gehenna. I'll, I'll worry about it when I get there. You know, right now, you're offering me some very uh, uh, enticing uh, piece of this world. I'll take my chances with this world and I'll worry about uh, that mysterious hidden spiritual thing called Gehenna Moilam Habit that I'm reading about in all this farm. I'll worry about it some other time. So they say, what? Yeah, but you know, you could bring Tzars upon yourself even in this world. Nope. Right now, that's something which is not anything that I could see or feel or touch. If everything is going well and it's a nice day, I don't feel or see or touch that. So my chushim 
Hagashmiyam, my physical senses, are not attuned to something which is not of this physical world at the present moment in my life. What is the Satan? The Satan? Yeah. The Satan is the Eight Sahara. It's a Ruchnis Dika Hashpah that has been given Rishus to, to use the physical world as a means of enticement and entrapment. We'll talk more about that. So, the problem is like this. As long as a person's entire life is with his goof, that's all you live with. You're not what we would call a spiritual type. You're not you're not somebody that's paying attention to a part of yourself that's invisible, a deeper part that's invisible, and all you live with is the goof. It's very very hard that you should have your science. It's very hard to, to have a true sense of your science for something that. I don't see with my eyes. Like the tzaddikim say, that I'm not totally opposite. All the tzaddikim they say in his name that that if Gehenna would be in this world, and and the Reishis Chachma, the safe Reishis Chachma would be in a different world. So mainly, so the problem is that Reishis Chachma is a nice book, and it's in this world. And in this world, I have the marketplace and the women that are walking around the marketplace, right? And all the temptations of the marketplace. Gehenna, it's in the other world. If you would have done it the other way, I'd be very elohim. In other words, if you tell me that there's such a thing called women in the next world, or the marketplace in the next world, I don't know, I never met one, but there's such a thing called a woman, and it's very, very interesting, and that's in the next world. But in this world, all I see is Gehenim and the punishments of Gehenim, then I'd be for sure an Elohim. The problem is you may not like that. The women are here in this world, and the shuk and the marketplace is here in this world, and I see this every single day of my eyes. Gehenim? Something, I don't know. Yeah, I believe there is such a thing. Yeah, and I read it in the Swarm. Okay, the Rashi's Chachma. No, I read it in the Sefer, but I don't. I don't see it. So, because of that, your assignment is very hard to feel truly afraid of punishment and to feel that it's something which is very real. You know, someone could talk to you about about Gehenim. You don't feel your heart thumping, but if you, if for some reason your car you know dies in East New York or something. And you look around, and you know, and you have no cell phone. There's just the chevra over there. Now you you can see your shirt starting to move. So it's a problem, your signage. So on the top of page Kuf Samagimel, he just is going over. We saw this just the beginning. So he's describing the problem. Shorish Abayahi. This is, what we, this is what we saw last time we were learning. The problem is that you have to use your imagination to tap into some spiritual, um, to some spiritual imagery in order to conjure up some Indian of punishment after this life or that could happen later on in this life. And the problem is that our minds are our our minds are weak in this respect. Well, we have we have very vivid imaginations, but not imagination that that with our rotsum to imagine something that's letoy. It's not strong. Our imagination. We get have all kinds of uh, fantasies, but to to use the koyach of the mind in such a way that with that with that will to conjure up images that are disturbing and upsetting. Images of punishment were very weak. The Kayahat Sia Shabuba the Ruba the Inshi Khalash Ma'ayat. 
this ability to be mitzayer is very weak. This avoid of Yerushalayim that always depended upon our grandparents and great grandparents had very vivid images of of what could, what, what could happen if they don't behave. Now they might have been very uh, strange, you know, uh, things that they that they that they um, saw in Swarm and in the, in the mind they paint, you know, the pitchfork and devil and fires and all of that. But even though many of these images were were perversions of what Gehenna really is, which is obviously not something you could touch, but perversions, but you know what? For them it worked. It worked. It worked. It meant that you were going to be a good boy and a good girl to a large extent. It, it kept them in line even though they might have misinterpreted misunderstood the pictures that they had because it's not something which is like the God forbid like the Mahavla Christians but, but simple God-fearing Jews of, of those years lived with that image of the U.S. Einish and and they saw it in front of their minds and when someone would give up to give a shmuz and shul they weren't looking for a, a better chap they were waiting to hear Muslim. When they heard Muslim, they start to scream and cry. And they would bang their heads and try to change their lives. They had very strong, a very strong imagination, and they thought deeply about these things. But now it's very hard. He says, that "We don't have this. We don't think this way." Especially since there's very little that's been left up to the imagination, you know. Because people, it used to be that you had to, if you wanted to see something outside of the of the of the mud of your shtetl, you had to have a good imagination. My father t- just told me how how when he was a kid he used to think of Eretz Yisrael, how he would dream of Eretz Yisrael, and the picture that he saw of Eretz Yisrael when he was a child, you know, everything palm trees, and 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 the streets with. With all the tzaddikim walking, you know, he saw certain images. We don't have to leave that to the imagination. We've all been to Rechav Yafo, we've been to Yerushalayim, and and some have even have even ventured all the way over to Tel Aviv, to to Eilat, or wherever it might be. You don't have to. My father never imagined Eilat or Tel Aviv when he was a child. There's very little that's left up to the imagination, especially now with the internet. If you have a cheshik to see what's it like in Cambodia, I don't even know if they call it that anymore. But if you, if you have a cheshik to see what it's like in Cambodia, you just go online and then press a button and then, you, then they're showing you pictures from Cambodia or film from what's going on in Cambodia. There's very little that's left up to imagination. So we become lazy. As far as Kachem Adamus, we're very, very lazy. We don't, we, don't, we don't do that. We fantasize. That's something else. But to use the kach of imagery, we become lazy with that because it's done by others. We don't have to do it. It's, uh, it's pictures and shows and so on. Whereas in the earlier years, you you lived in the same place for 80, 90, you know, whatever it is, you lived in that same darful in the dirt in that place. Or, or even if you were living in a place like Warsaw or Lemberg or something where they had pavement and buildings, you very rarely ventured out of those places. Maybe to the countryside a little bit. But they read and they thought and they and they used their imagination. So they had strong kaiches 
in that respect. Now, therefore, the tzaddikim had a diff- had a number of approaches of how of how to strengthen yerushalayimish fear of punishment. Because of the weakening of the generations, and also because people not only are the minds and the imagination weaker, but people in general are weaker. In general, people are weaker. Is it that we're mamish weaker and we don't have that koch, or the muscles in the atrophy and we have to we, be... Yes, for yes. I will love each. When the Svam HaKadoshim talk about the weakness at the end of time, it's true. There's, a, there's an emissary weakening. But a lot of it is that we're not using this koch. So, you know, you'll have... Uh, uh, I had this conversation, you know, I've had this a thousand times, but just the other day, you know, a woman with, that's thank God healthy and with one healthy child that's uh, four years old with two people who are helping. One is a living and the other is a, you know, drop in every day. And she's crying that she can't manage. She doesn't work. The husband's making a lot of money. Obviously, they have two people there and whatever. They have a beautiful house, perfectly healthy. The child's perfectly healthy. She's totally overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed. She screams at the kid. She yells. She slaps the kid. She's totally overwhelmed. So, uh, the the the, the uh, generation we're living in. Not everybody's like that, of course, but we're living in a very fragile, weak time, where the things that our parents and grandparents took for granted, the life is hard. And expected hardships and difficulties, and we're and, and and we're prepared for all kinds of difficulties and hardships. If, if, if like we miss an appointment or you miss the train, you're already crying and carrying on, and very very you know what, are you, what am I going to do? Or a person can't figure out like you know three days of their vacation, how they're going to spend it. We're talking about Jews that live day to day, whether they're going to have any bread or potatoes, you know. So they were used to hardships. We're very weak, on many on many levels. We're very weak. Is it the atrophy of not using our countries? That's to a large extent. But there is a weakness. There is a weakness that's descended upon us. For whatever reason, why this happened with Tibidah Sadayr is there's such a halishas that people have that they can't deal with adversity or difficulties. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you something. My, my, my father said something a few weeks ago and I was very upset, rightfully so. There was a young person that passed away from an... Uh, Somebody in a different neighborhood passed away. I was telling my father. So my father said, it's terrible stuff. And my father said, no, I don't know. Like, what is that? My father is, is the most sensitive person in the world, but he said, you know, these things, that, that's part of life. That, uh, I'm old. A child dies. He says, when we, when we were back in those years, he said, almost every family had children that died. Parents dying, children dying. This one's getting killed. This one's getting... It's not to make you insensitive, but there was a certain strength that people had because they were braced for the worst. You know what I mean? Life wasn't so good. Now we, now in so many years, you know, I know this is somebody that passed away, and what's going on? There's these women that, whatever, the whole thing they can't stop talking about. Months later, and going on and on, and there's this woman that doesn't come out from the house. She says she can't. She can't face. It's not even a relative. It's a friend of the parent. She can't face the world. She can't come out into the street because of she's so broken about the friend's child that passed away. 
It's terrible. A child died. It's a tragedy. Nobody's making any less of it, but you know, the friends, the friends, uh, this friend of the mother whose child passed away can't go to work, can't prepare meals for her family, can't talk to her kids. She's like totally incapacitated because of another child that passed away. How could it be? How could God do such a thing? And how could this happen in, in the world and life? Nobody should know from any service, but. So there's, there's a terrible weakness. It's very extreme examples, but many levels of that. Very, very big weakness. That all people that people that like having children, but that, that feel like it's a hassle raising them and so on. And all of these different things that 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 have caused a weakening. So the tzaddikim. One of the things that the, many he says one of the approaches that tzaddikim saw is that chelikman poshutiv sikladavol yosayimus. Many of the Siddiquim recommended, and this is the way that they, they just stop talking about fear of punishment. It's not part of many uh, curriculums in the yeshiva, and rightfully so. And they go to the yeshiva and start hacking them with punishments and talking about what they're going to get. You imagine talking to the kids about Gehenna. Again, our grandparents heard as a regular part of conversation in yeshiva and Echeda about Gehenna and about you're going to get it, oh, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. You say that now to a kid. They, they, you know, they could, they'll take you, you'll, you'll, you'll forget it, you'll lose your job, you're not going to be rabbi anymore. And they're probably right. Yeah, that's a ma'alach, that nowadays everybody's so fragile and so frightened and so vulnerable and weak that uh, you can't speak about your assignments, that there's, that, that there's retribution, that there's a payoff. You, you do bad, you're going to get it. It's, it's many already crossed it out. Because these Sadiqim realize that most people are not going to get it right. They're just going to they're, they're just going to get worked up, and it's not going to help them be better Jews. If it's not going to help you be better Jew, there's no talkless talking about Gehenna. There's no talkless about talking about years of English if it's not going to get you to be a better Jew. Stam that you should lose sleep. The whole point of it is that you should be an elohim. Maybe comes to shabbos of people. Yeah, it's a very, very big question. I think that parents and, and teachers and them are very troubled with. What, what, what is it that we're supposed to be saying in that? And where do you draw the line? Because otherwise, this is your cycle. For years, I ain't your shaman. It's so beautiful as far as shaman. It's as far as countries where you know people there. It doesn't taste good. I'm sensitive. Right, we're going to get we're going to get this person upset by telling them something. Yeah. So we're going to see how, over the course of the next two or three pages, an adaptation of the old program with with a slight variation to make it something which is more digestible by our idiotic generation. That's basically it. He's going to say that. Basically, we have to do these things. The same way that I was talking about in shul last week, uh, how the rebellion now have to be like entertainers. It's ridiculous. Why can't we just learn Torah? Why, do, why, does he, why do you have to worry about your kid, whether your kid has a rabbi who's cool? I've had any cool rabbi. The, the rabbis were usually angry old men. <laughs> Mostly, an angry old man. We, he learned, and they knew they knew how to learn, and we learned how to learn. They were, they weren't cool. Some of them smoked cigars, and puffed it right in our faces. 
told, told that if you didn't behave, they, they said, you're a shagis, you're a guy. And, uh, you know, we managed. We managed. We didn't, we didn't fall apart and we didn't... Uh, we expected it. And when you had an occasional baby that was like, uh, you know, that was like a nice guy, or, or somebody that, that would talk to you in a nice way, or even would call you by your first name. Remember when we had, we had this one... Maybe that was a Stalin. He called us by our first. He, he called us by our first names. We never heard that before in our lives. It was never such a thing to call you like you know my. Shit. Sounds nice. Someone calls you like your parent calls you by your name. It was always either you or your last name. And it was such derision. Like you're a bug. You know. But we knew that the rebellion cared for us, and we knew that they cared for us learning Torah. But they didn't have a delicate. They didn't have a delicate diplomatic way of going about it. Nowadays, if the Rebbe is not diplomatic, forget it. The parents aren't diplomatic, you finished. Yes, we know, but yes, I understand. So our parents and grandparents from the older generation, when they thought something was wrong, they told it was wrong. It was right, it was right. In fact, you do it because you have to do it. You don't do it because you're not allowed to do it. You finished. It's a very, very terrible, confusing thing that we're in right now. I don't know. I feel very bad for it. For the ones who are having little children, because I don't know how to, I don't know how I'm supposed to do it these days, because because it's exactly what you're saying. They're so blurred, because you want to say the truth, but if you say the truth, then like you know you hear somebody telling you, oh no 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 don't say the truth, you might shatter the child. You're the wrong one. Yeah yeah you're gonna break the person, you'll break the kid, even adults, even adults. You know, sometimes I have people that. You know, the people that are in the shul all the time, they, 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 they've become accustomed to my way of talking. But sometimes there are these guests and so whatever, and someone tells me that, you know, he said something about whatever. About whatever I say, I talk to you the same way. But you said something and somebody was so offended, they said that they can't believe that people go and they're never coming back and they're crazy. I just said the truth. You know, I didn't say anything to offend. I was just saying the truth. But they're not used to hearing that initially, you understand? So initially, the rabbi talks always about other things. No, whatever, about halacha, uh, different things. Okay. But they don't say to them, Zach, you know. And they're, not, they're uncomfortable. It's like they come to the place and they, and they let them have it. So for the people that are, that are in the shul and they, they expect it and they know what that's about, they can still ignore what I'm saying, but they, but, uh, or, not, or choose not to apply, but they, but they trust me or that I'm trying to tell them the truth. And I'm not just a stam, you know. Saying crazy things, but but to say over oh, what the Torah says. But someone who's a, someone who's a guest, you know, or, the, or people that hear from the outside. I mean, people oh, they can hear from the outside things. So that's because I'm supposed to be politically correct, and 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 the same way that they like their rabbi to look a certain way, and to dress a certain way, and to act a certain way, and to be also everything is nice and says I'm a and everything together and nice and good, you know. Say that. So we don't know where to draw the line. It's have chaos. To have to have Yos Hashem to be to be an elachid to It's very it's very hard. So he's going to give us a way to approach it, which will help us keep up something of the old-fashioned mahalach, but with an adjustment to help soothe the delicate souls of our generation. You'll see it in a little while. But a, he says so now. So there were certain certain tzaddikim that they realized that look we really can't talk about your assignments. It's not going to help, and if it's not going to help, it's like to punish a kid even in the house, just to punish the kid, and it's not going to help him. Then what are you doing? Stop to punish. There's no tachlis. 
Now there were others who hold other Abba, who took the uh, who took the, the hard line and said, you sign this. What, what, what is this a game? You sign this. This is the Messias. There's a Rabbi Shalom. There's a Din. There's a Dain. Hina Yama Din. There's a Gehenim. There's a Ganadin. And let's uh, say it straight. You know, 100 percent. So they said, "Because you're a Zionist, talk about punishment." And and this school would not budge from that from that that old way. And this old school feels felt and feels that until until this person has or this child of this person has a strong year Zionist, we can't talk about anything else. There can't be new Madrigans. There can't be other Madrigans. I told you in the past that I had, I had students of mine in the old days that I had girls that they went to seminary to sell. And, and I, more than once I had a girl, you know, I would call on the phone and say, I don't know what I'm doing here. I said, what's the matter? I said, I think, honestly, I think that these, that, you know, these rabbis have problems. I said, what are you talking about? All they talk about all day long is sex. The, the, the evil and danger of sex. So I had these girls that, were, that grew up in non-religious homes, and most of them did a lot of stuff, and they and they came around a lot with avoid and ruchnius, and they changed their lives, and they went to Israel to hear, like to learn rabbans, you know, and to and to learn parsha, and so, and they come up there, and the rabbis are talking, you know, to the, the rabbis are talking to their chaver that they get, whatever that chaver is, and they're screaming day and night, Musa, 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 and you're gonna get this, and, and the and the evil the boys are evil, and this is bad. And the girls said, like, we came here to learn, not just to hear, like, what are you talking, day and night, about boys. We came here, you know, to learn about, to learn Torah. So, the old school, the, the old school that said, you know, we have to just make sure that the kids behave. Until the chuppah, and then, whatever. But we have to make sure to get them in line, to behave. And we don't have to really go into the deeper meaning of life. The issue is, your signage. And once we once we get them sufficiently afraid of punishment, then we could talk about more pleasant subjects. So there was a very strong old school in that in that way. Now, both of these extremes are dangerous. We understand. Both of these extremes are dangerous. On the one hand he says, to skip entirely the whole Indian of Yerushalayimish, Tunis Akanda. There's a great danger in that. There's a great danger in everything being, you know, I'm okay, you're okay, everything is terrific. Don't worry, Shaiful, it's okay, God loves you anyway. There's a, there's a danger in skipping over Yerushalayimish. Everything is, everything is fine, don't worry about it. Keep away from because because what could happen is that in terms of your Avaidat Hashem, you're progressing. And you're feeling like love of God and closer to God, which, by the way, he puts in parentheses brackets. Which is oftentimes your feeling of love is That could also be a delusion. The problem is today you're feeling like very close to God and you feel like you love Him. That could change, and that could change in 15 minutes. With one disappointment, like you know, you're fired. Oh, so now God's not such a lovey-dovey, not so gavaldic with God. So you're feeling really bad, you know. So you you, you take some, you take a 
you make a l'chaim with yourself, right? You make a, take a l'chaim, and you start to think about the old days before you love God, because now you don't love him anymore, because you lost your job. So he hasn't been good to you. So now, what's going to keep you from doing the Aveir? What's going to keep you from having the Shnaz and going off to your old haunt? What's going to keep you? Your love of God? It's Hafalm. In a minute, that's Hafalm. So here you have a person that is that's a Balavaida, considers himself an Ayveid, and is getting closer and closer to God. But when push comes to shove on a bad day, if you don't have a healthy if you don't have a healthy foundation in Yiras HaEmish to prevent you from doing an Aveira that you that you are afraid of the consequences of your mischief, if you don't have that, your love and fear of God is not worth a dime. Because right now you're not feeling any love or any fear, you're just feeling a taifa. That's it. And and if you don't have a clear if you don't have a clear and, and healthy um, image of retribution and consequences, just like so many of these kids don't have nowadays. So then what's to stop you from, from digging yourself deeper into a hole of filth and of avayers? What's to stop you? Love of God? You don't love him right now. And even if you do, I love him so much that he can't be that he won't forgive me. It can't be that it won't be worked out. So I'll enjoy this event. and we'll, we'll work it out. It's a, a person who learns, let's just say, like the Tzadikim Rafael, if you learn just a lot of Rebbe Nachman without learning Musa, because by Rebbe Nachman, the, the right, the or the Ahav, or the love, is very, very, very strong by Rebbe Nachman. And the pieces in Rebbe Nachman, look at them around, they talk very stark about, about Yosa English. They skip over these people. They skip over. They don't say by the Kumsits, you understand? Because it's not like popular material for the Kumsits. They want to say over Rebbe Nachman's happy, loving stuff, which is so beautiful. And that's, you know, that's, that sells. That sells. They're not saying over like stuff from the altar from the Vardic by the Kumsits. It wasn't the last time we read the Kumsits and someone said, I want to tell you something from the altar from the Vardic. They don't do that. They just don't do it. Even though there's a lot of stuff that, that really, I have said it, because there's a lot of stuff, but even if you say the words, the altar from the Vardic, people who know about it start to, start to like back out from the door. Because they don't know what's, they, you know, they're going to get some Muslim now. And even the word Muslim. Even the kids nowadays say to their parents, don't give me Musa. Don't give me Musa. Or if the teacher says, you know, you can't do this, you can't dress that way. Well, you give me Musa. But even if they don't say it, they, they, the girls talk to each other, the boys, they start rolling around, they're Musa. Ahab is Hashem, Yer Hashem. It's very dangerous not to have your Sainas. On the other hand, there's a danger to have, to have an over overwhelming Yerushalayimish that doesn't let you breathe or that causes you to begin to see God as being somebody that's that's uh, that's unloving and cruel and you can't breathe, you can't move forward and you're, and you're broken by that both of these extremes so he says the Messiah Sharm is teaching us we learned that in simple Yira, there are three basic madrigas in Yira. Yira Sainish, fear of punishment. Yira Sakavid, we learned. Yira Sakavid means, uh, again, it means that you're afraid of doing something that's going to cause people to lose respect for you. It's going to hurt your image, even in your own eyes, right? We spoke about that, hurting your self-image, or the image that people have of you. 
The highest level of that, of that of those three, is Yerushalayimus. That you're afraid that you're never going to, be, that you're not going to perfect yourself, and you're not going to be close to God. Let's look at this. Let's talk about these two types of people: the one who wants covet, and the one who wants dveikus tashem, closeness to God. Right, the person who's afraid of, of of being disrespected, and the person who's afraid of being distant from God. That rotsin that a person has to be close to Hashem that comes from the neshama. The and the shi'ifa for covet, by the way, wanting to be respected and honored, even though it, it could come out like in a crazy way, and you can get like in fights and arguments, but that rotsin to, to be respected, that also comes from the neshama. It's also, it's not the same thing as wanting a piece of food. Wanting to be respected is a chosh of the thing. It's just what happens to that. But but that shi'ifa for covet, he says, Remember, the Nishamas are very big Kavadik Mitzias. Our Nishamas are very big Kavadik. Very big Kavadik. They're filled with, with the realization of, 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 of the worth and of the value of, of, of the self, of who I am. Of course, what happens to Kavad? That it's mislabish beguf, you know, it becomes caught up in physical things like they didn't honor me at the dinner or, or whatever. This person sat down, he should let me sit down, whatever the narishkeit is. But covet raw, basic, that basic rotzn or sheifa to be respected and to be honored and to feel respected and honored that comes from the neshama. It's, it's, it's a healthy, good thing that comes from the neshama because the neshama is in a place of of, of kulei oimer covet. Of course, that's when it becomes silly when a person has a shifa to have covered in this world, some nourish covered in this world. But the sherish of this, Ratzin to have covered, it's, it's something which is a koyach of the neshama, which is seeking kvayt Hashem, which really, is, which really wants to experience all of the glory and all of the greatness and covered of Hashem. And if a person doesn't have any feeling of self-worth or of covet, you know that it's just a matter of time that he does things that are disgusting because he has no sense of covet. He doesn't care what people think. He doesn't care what people think about uh, uh, about him, nor does he care about his own self-image. So what's to stop him from? He doesn't. He can do anything that's disgusting. You know, like you see, like the, you know, these people that they do all kinds of anything like these people. They get caught. They get caught. Someone, someone told me. Uh, I don't know. It was today or yesterday that uh, what's the name of the Yankees? The Rodriguez that he got caught doing some avera or something. Got caught with a lady. And he's he's married, Rodriguez, and he has a little kid. And somebody took pictures of him going off with some Mabel or someplace. You know, it's you would think that that's the most devastating thing on earth. It's like an Irish guy. It's going to be one fifteen minute. The wife will throw his wife will throw a plate at him. And then they'll both drink or something, and they'll make up, and he'll swear that he he never he'll never go to bed with that with that other shiksa. And gambling it in. And what about the whole world now knows? Ask him. Could be that it could be that I thought that doesn't pay to us. It could be that that in the what that in the eyes of the world it's more he's more he's more 
He's more chashiv. Because what kind of a lemur only has a wife? What are you? What's the matter with you? You're not at home. Oh, you'll have a listen. Let's go ahead. It's not the kavadik to be with only one wife. It's not the kavadik. So you wonder about it. But even there, look what people will do. Even what the hilarious, what they'll do to, to get covered. The covenant Eilam Hazer. It's a very important thing that a person should want to covet. It's all a question of how it's mislabish. In this world, when it's mislabish and lower things, it become, it become you know, who could, who could hit the ball further or throw the ball for whatever. But it's an Irish game. And people are judged by these things. But a basic sense of covet, what people think, and that's very important. It's, it's, it means you're connected. You have people that are not feeling the No need of covet. It's not healthy either. Oh, okay. Luma Zais, the last paragraph. Now we get to we get to bare bones Yerusainis. Yerusainis to be afraid of getting punished, even unless a person is like Mamish Shaita, unless you Mamish Shaita, even even a, a person like let's say like Rodriguez. So if if he knew that the consequences of doing that would be that he that, that they were going to put him on a guillotine. Like in the old days, or like if he lived, or if he lived in Saudi Arabia or something like that, that they were gonna, you know, they were gonna do some, they're gonna lock him up, or they're gonna, they, or they're gonna kill him or something. Oh, that he could understand. That that the language of the body. You don't have to. Covid is still an ashamedika thing. It's still a spiritual thing. It's still spiritual. Poshit punishment. We're not talking about Ghana. You do this. This is what's gonna happen to you. And, and it's done consistently. My kids have to understand that. It's not maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. This is the Metsiyas. Gam Gufishal the Maven. A person, the body understands that. The biggest numbskull, you'll excuse me, the biggest dope understands that if I, if, that if I sit on this stove, on this oven, I'm going to get punished. How? I'm going to get burned. The, the, the biggest guy, the biggest dope understands that I might like to walk with a certain shuffle and to look a certain way, but I'm not going to do that if I'm crossing over the Long Island Expressway. He understands, because there's consequences. And the goof understands. That's Mamalashan. That's Mamalashan. The body speaks that language of getting hit with a car going 80 miles an hour. Right? The body understands that. Unless the person's crazy. You don't have to be a drag to run away from a fire. Everybody runs away from a fire. Of course, unless a person is crazy. Now, covet that people should look up to you and you should be respectable, that's a spiritual thing. It not necessarily motivate you every moment. When the taiva takes over, covet might not do it for you, that you're worried that they're going to... The President of the United States... The former president of the United States, right? That he took such a chance that in his White House office he was doing trusted, disgusting things in his own office. But what we're all wondering, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? You were thinking that the girl was not going to talk about it? What were you thinking? That no one would find out? What were you thinking? And here you have a person whose whole life is only covered. Only covered. Right? Couldn't, it didn't prevent him from doing it. Because COVID is still an evil azah. And when it comes to a, a prostate physical taiva, COVID might not stop you, you understand? Because COVID is spiritual. Even, even, 
not even a prostate covet, it's still spiritual. But what President Bill could have understood is, be, is if Hillary would have been staying with a shotgun, <laughs> watching if there are any girls coming into his office. And the second that a girl comes in, Hillary doesn't kill the girl, Hillary kills Bill. Then Bill would have understood, you just put, put her with a shotgun at the door. Then he would have been careful what he's doing over there in, in the office after hours. He would have been careful. Just have someone staying with a shotgun. You know why? Because even a jerk like that, even a maneuver and a mushkas like that, is afraid of the, the goof he understands. Not how Hillary's feelings being hurt. It's a pellet. She still prays around with him like he's at Saudi. No? It's amazing. They praise her for standing by him. She's a schmuck and an idiot. <laughs> and he's a maneuver. And the whole world like goes and pays him $400,000 for his speech. It's a pellet. And, and she's running for president. When you have in front of you two dysfunctional people. Covered. It, 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 her own self-respect. I was thinking about that. Like, how do you get up in front of America? Man, the guy gets up. And him. How do you... He gets up and makes speeches. All right, now he doesn't put any more family values. He took it out. I read someplace that he used to say it all the time. Family values. Family, every speech was family values. Ever since, ever since that night, he leaves out, he leaves out the words family values. How much could he say? So he says it in different ways. He doesn't say family values. Respect for other people. How does the guy get it? You would, if it would, God forbid, such thing would happen to us. Any one of us would run away and live in an island someplace with your head in the sand. Right? Imagine this guy that served up typhist in Muncie to everybody. Right? Where is he? What happened to him? At least he gave his wife a get. He gave his wife a get, and he ran off. I don't know where he is. He ran off there to sell someplace. Bill Clinton can get up. And, 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 and the whole world knows that he did that and the whole world knows that he lied and he get up and, and give speeches and get and him and talk mostly to the whole world about being better people and, about, and she can get up and she's not embarrassed so what do you see? see COVID is a spiritual thing but B'Shas Maise when there's a taiva so by Hillary it's a taiva to be president it's a taiva to be seventh a taiva for, that, for uh, a COVID and for Bill it was a taiva for Anisha Shasmai said, Coven is still spiritual. And it won't necessarily do it for you. Or the, or the loss of, the, of Coven in the eyes of the world. Because anybody would have said to Clinton, are you crazy? Anybody would say to Hillary, what are, you, what are you out of your mind? What are you getting? Are you not embarrassed? Get some other job. Are you going up in front of the whole world? Where everybody knows you're Indian. Doesn't do it. Here's Ainish, is Mamalashan. There are consequences. Not after this world. You don't believe in that? There are consequences right now. In other words, if you do this, you can get a bullet in your head. You can get a bullet in your head. I told you once I was I was asked I told this year, I think a few months ago that I had to speak years ago. This is a nice from almost thirty years ago. I was speaking in Colombia to the students of Colombia. And they gave me this subject to the Jewish students of Columbia. There's some going that they, they, they didn't tell you, they didn't check your, your papers, you know, so some going there too. But they were Jewish kids. And the subject is the hardest subject ever to talk about in public, which is kashas. To talk about kashas, when all of us know that when it comes down to it, we don't know. And it's, it's not shamas, though. We should, you know, 
It's the Ratzon Hashem that we should that we should uh, eat these things and not eat these things. You could say all over the nice Rav Shavuot Hirsch's, and you could say all these nice things and ideas. But the bottom line is, we don't really know. Like what what's so evil about this thing? You want to say this is a cruel item? No, uh, the Barisham couldn't handle that. You know, so. I, so they, they wanted this talk on Kashra. So I get up there and I was talking to you for an hour and a half. Everything. See this and this face. That's it. For all the ideas I put together with everything I'm talking. And there's this one guy. Like, so a lot of the Chavah, they're, they're excited, they're interested. In, there's this one guy, like, he was just like, he wouldn't stop. Like, you know, he was saying, come on, yeah, what is that? This? And I said, everything. Like, he wouldn't stop. You know, he was, he was good. And he was a smart guy. And he was on to me. He was on to me. In other words, that I'm, I'm selling the oilum, like all these nice ideas, but, uh, you know, so there were like 500 people there. And we had to leave the building because it was going over the time, and you had to, we had to leave the building, we were in the park. And I said, and so this is like continuing, and I said to the, and I said to him, so finally I said, you know what, I'm going to tell you something. You want to know why you can't eat pig, right? So he said, yeah. He said, because if you do, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> As I said to him, you'll excuse me for saying, he didn't understand the word Gehenna, I said, oh. So that you had to see like all these like, like, you know, politically correct Columbia students, that everybody like went, oh, he's that. And he said, what? I said, do you hear what I'm telling you? And I said, I'm telling you, from one Jew to another Jew, there's a God, you're the same Jew that I am. You do whatever you want, but you're going to pay for it. That's what I said. So... That pretty much broke up the party, <laughs> you know, the whole thing, and everything. Okay. And you know what? He came over to me afterwards, and he said that I appreciated you saying that. He's, a, he's an honest guy. He said, I appreciated you saying that. He said, I don't know if I'm going to eat kosher, but I appreciated you saying that. It's interesting. I appreciated you saying that. Because ne- no one ever said it like that. He said, and maybe it's not the right way to say it, but I appreciated you saying it to me like that. And I said, the only reason that you could say that to me is because you're an honest Elohim guy. I told him you're an honest person. And you were right. Because the other stuff are nice ideas. But it's not the bottom line. The bottom line is, there's a God, and we have to answer to Him. And you have to think about that. And he said, I will. No, I don't know what afterwards I but, but he said, I said, there's a God, and you have to think about it. He says, I'm going to think about it. And that's how we parted. So how should the thing? There's, there's a... There's a, there's a virus and, 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 and there are consequences to things that happen, to the things that you do. So, so when it comes to COVID, it's still a spiritual thing. It's not the mamalashan of the body, you understand? The body doesn't end the COVID, a little bit, a little bit, but not. But it says, when it comes but to fire, it says, COVID is in the Kudushim, the So, COVID doesn't work anymore. won't work for you when you have a big taiva. At that moment of his taiva, the president didn't, uh, wasn't the COVID, didn't mean anything to him at that moment. But it came to taiva. The site from the Shtan, the next page, the Adam Adam. And COVID is strong, less strong. It's still a spiritual union. To be afraid of fire? That's going to work. Fire, that's any place, any time, every person. Talmud, who give up in the hair, she's always going to run away from fire. So we understand that when a person is in a state of katnas, means, means when you're not really feeling any closeness to God or any love of God, and you're not feeling any respect for yourself because you just want to tithe, you just want to 
stress on some taiva, whatever that taiva is, and forget it, forget about Ahav and Yira, and what's gonna, and, and I'm gonna lose, they're not gonna respect me anymore, whatever, my kids, my wife. When it comes down to it, a clear, a clear picture of the consequences of my actions and and the punishment. Fear of Ganem. Dog is a neat and lyrics, but hush. Gam binyani, when should we go? 12 30. So that's when it starts? Or? Where it's on this floor? Yes, yeah. Starts at 12 30. She says, Starting out? Yeah. So, okay, so let's finish this little paragraph. Dog is a neat and lyrics, but gam binyani, hoi lamazer. The form of other mayaf, mutaj, family car glasses, though. Sometimes you're very tired, you have no strength. Yermul shabab, shirusul avir, kes, habe kesif. Yermul enli kayak. Let's say someone says, you know what, there's a good deal. You want to argue, you can make a lot of money. Sometimes a guy is so tired, he says, you know, I was working all day, I don't have to. I'm too tired, I can't go for another deal. I'm not going back to work. Even for money, which is a big, uh, a big sheaf that the people have. Someone says, you know what, a different thing. Someone says, if you, do, if you go now to do something, you get a lot of COVID. He says, he can still say, I'm exhausted, you know, right? I know it's a good thing, it sounds nice, they'll, persi- they'll sit me in the front row or something. I'm too tired. But if they come tell you there's a fire that's broke out, it's two it's two rooms down the hall. So he's not going to say, you know what? That's not going to happen. He's not going to say, I don't have any, I don't have any kayach. Who pushed Yochum Yivrach? He'll get up and run. Madua, why? So we'll continue. Why? Of course, it's because the goof, the goof, the goof. Because the body's in danger. When my body's in danger, so then. Then even a shaita understands the language of the guf. But anything else, COVID and money, that money, I'm too tired. And even a tithe at that but, but there's a fire? So he'll get up and he'll run away. Yerushalayinish. Yerushalayinish means that you know that there's a fire. But we have to talk about how to, we can learn about how to adjust that and how to live that way in a healthy and normal way. 